instead of just paying debt, debt off completely, think about it this way. Take the savings that you have, capture it, cash capture, collateralize that savings to get a cash flow investment vehicle that then not only pays the debt off in a, in a, in a period of less than five years, but then also pays back the loan, the policy loan that you have collateralizing that asset. Hey, it's Rod Cleef, author of the best-selling book, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. And I want to tell you, I've got an incredible three-day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th, and my good friend Adam Adams is coming to add even more value again. And this event is not a sell-a-thon, okay? We, you know, we don't bring in outside speakers to sell you stuff. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business and... Because 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code Adam Adams to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to rodinlosangeles.com and use the code Adam Adams. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there. So again, that code is Adam Adams at rodinlosangeles.com. We'll see you soon. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and today we are with the cash flow ninja himself, MC Lobsher. How are you today, MC? MC? I'm doing fantastic. So great to connect and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast, and this is a podcast unlike any other episode we've ever had on here. We're going to go into the four C's of cash flow, which are going to, these are ninja strategies, ninja hacks to be able to make more money with the assets that you already have. I know you're going to want to listen to this. MC has a phenomenal story. I'll let him tell you a little bit about it. He does live in PA. He's from originally South Africa. So if you get his accent and you're wondering, is he from Australia or, or New Zealand? He's, he's South African. He's been here in the States for 19 years. He and his wife have two very young children. And there's a story that we're going to get into that's going to talk a little bit about cash recapture. It's a story about the IRS of one person who used to pay $100,000 a year, and now they're saving $75K a year, and they're reinvesting that into cash-flowing real estate. So he's going to teach you how he was able to accomplish this. So much that we're going to learn. But MC, will you tell us a little bit about what I missed within your background? Oh, and besides the Cash Flow Ninja podcast that's been around for three years, and after listening to this podcast, you're going to know that you want to subscribe to the Cash Flow Ninja podcast. So you should be able to find that pretty easily. He's been running that for the last three years. And if you like what we're learning today, he puts this stuff out often. Like every single episode, he's get, coming up with new strategies for you to save money and to be able to deploy it. So again, MC, what did I miss within your bio that is relevant to today's conversation? No, that's great. You did a fantastic job. And as you mentioned, I am originally from South Africa and you know, started my journey about two decades ago of learning and had a couple of aha moments along the way. And you know, I, 
I'm one of those folks that when I find something, I get pretty obsessed about it. So I started studying and uh, as much as I can and learning from millionaires and, and billionaires and from wealthy individuals and read as much as I can. And a lot of the stuff that we've, that I've personally learned and that I learned from others, we share on the show, as you mentioned, the Cashflow Ninja, where we talk about cash flow, uh, how to create it from real estate, commodities, crypto, blockchain, uh, businesses, paper assets. We cover the, the whole thing. I love it. Thank you for going into that. And today we are covering cash creation, cash, cash capture, so many C's, and <laughs> so many C's, MC, cash flow creation, cash yep. capture, cash flow creation, and cash flow control. Don't take this lightly. There's going to be a lot of value coming out of this podcast. So why don't we get started with the four C's of cash flow from MC? What's number one? Yeah, so I basically came up with uh, the four C's because I like to keep things very, very simple. Um, and I think there's a lot of overcomplication when we talk about money and investing and so forth. So folks always try to, you know, learn. They, well, I get asked this question a lot. Well, what can you break it down quickly for us? What have you learned from interviewing over 500 people on your show and studying folks for over two decades? And I, I sat down and I said, you know, it basically comes down to four things. And the first part is the cash creation, the CC. And the, the formula is the, the four, four times CC, right? So cash creation. So every single person starts with creating a product or a, offering a service and exchanging that for money, whether they work for someone else or you know, in a job or whether they, they start their own company. So that's where it starts. It starts with cash creation. So you have a unique ability and a skill set as, as, as we all do, and that's how you provide value to the world. So that's basically the first step of how it starts is creating cash. Cash has to be generated in exchange for, you know, for value. So that's the first step. So through your job or through starting a side hustle that eventually grows into a company, like many people did, you know, Steve Jobs, you could list all the Steves and you could look at Jeff Bezos and so forth. They all started creating cash. So we all have to generate that at some stage. And there's many different ways of how to do that. As I mentioned, you can start small. One thing that I love about the US is people think very big here and I love it. But you don't have to quit your job tomorrow and run out and start a company and pitch VCs, you know, <laughs> in Silicon Valley. You can start small and build it. And eventually that could become your main cash machine. The second part of it is cash capture. Once you've created the cash, right, we'd like to capture it. And there's a couple of things that goes into cap cash capture, and I'll break it down. The first thing that we talk about is cash recapture. Now that you've created money through your employment or in, in your business, you've got to put it somewhere. Well, the first thing that we look at is we evaluate and look for cash flow leaks. That's what I mean, cash recapture, because there's a lot of money that people unknowingly lose to wealth destroyers that they might not even know of that we could plug those leaks. So a good example is taxes, right? So starting a business by cash creation or through cash creation, you know, and Adam, you know about, the, you know this very, very well. Just think of all the, the tax benefits there is to having a business or starting a business or having a side hustle, right? Essentially, a lot of things that be, that's tax 
that's tax deductible comes through your business. They were just expenses as an employee, but now you have a side hustle or business. So there's a lot of incentives there. There might be um, a lot of ways that people are overpaying for taxes, staying on the taxes. And you mentioned a tax strategy that there was uh, someone that we work with in, in, in with my firm producers wealth that they were writing the IRS uh, basically a check for $100,000 a year. Well, there's a strategy, and I'm not going to get into too much because that would be another 30 to 40 minutes, but through a land conservation easement strategy as part of an overall tax plan, they essentially, by putting in 20, you know, twenty to $25,000 through that strategy, they were able to reduce that and, and, and take out the, those taxes and freed up essentially $75,000 to now invest. So that's what I mean by cash recapture. So there's things that you can do as part of an overall strategy, a wealth strategy that includes tax strategy to legally reduce your taxes. Because as you know, the tax code is essentially a series of incentives uh, in the economy that drives and spurs the economy. You know, there's no tax hacks or loopholes or per se. It's good marketing marketing language, but essentially it's just a series of incentives. You know, the, the tax code re- rewards business owners because they provide goods and services, right? In exchange for value, that which drives the economy. The tax uh, in, uh, uh, code provides incentives for real estate investors. The federal government doesn't want to become a landlord. So real estate entrepreneurs are rewarded for providing affordable housing to folks. The same with land conservation uh, easement uh, vehicles. There's a lot of land and, you know, available. And essentially what, what the federal government doesn't want is just cities upon cities upon cities upon cities. So whatever your stance is on, you know, the green economy or nature and, and so forth, there's definitely value in preserving nature for folks to enjoy and for our children. So there's incentives for that. So essentially what we do through the cash recapture uh, part of it is looking at incentives, things that we can do as business owners or starting a business, right, to generate a profit or doing things a little bit more efficiently from a tax standpoint that then legally reduce, reduces your taxes that now frees up cash. Other things that we can t- uh, talk about too uh, during this part is you might be overpaying for insurances, right? Low-hanging fruit, for example, if you have disability insurance, which every entrepreneur investor should have for their family, you can, you can actually raise the elimination period on that, which reduces the insurance cost if there's other vehicles that you have, right? Cash reserves. So that's one way. And then uh, consolidating debt, paying off debt. There's a, whole, the, there's a whole host of things that you can do under cash recapture. Now, once you've freed it up, you have to automate that because... Parkinson's law creeps in. You know, the more money we make, usually the more money we spend if we're not cognizant of Parkinson's law. So we have to automate that. And then the third part of that is actually where we bring in cash flow banking. You know, we use an insurance strategy to warehouse our cash because it's part of a collateralizing strategy. What do I mean by that? It means collateralizing an asset and leveraging that to do something else. So I'll give you a quick example. You know, in the 80s, there were very, very high interest rates in banks, so which they paid to depositors, believe it or not, in, for example, CDs. So people would put money into the bank. Let's just say they put $100,000 in that bank. They would, let's just say, get a double-digit return on that as part of a CD. I know it's crazy, but it did happen. 
They, the same person that has that CD in the bank would then go back to that bank and say, Mr. Banker, I have my $100,000 here in your bank in that CD. Can I get a loan secured by that $100,000? And the banker would say, well, we're in the business of lending. We'll give you $90,000. So, and you would take that $90,000 and then invest in real estate and then buy the loan back. So essentially you collateralize the $100,000 that you have had in that CD with the bank. Folks have done this through asset-based lending, which is stock portfolios. The HELOC strategy is a very similar collateralizing strategy. We do, the, we do it through um, actually a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy with a mutual insurance company. We do that exact strategy with high cash value life insurance just because of the tax-free growth that guarantees how it plays in estate planning and the ability to leverage that. So that's cash, cash capture. So the third part of it, is the cash flow creation. Now we all are interested in different things, whether it be real estate, multifamily, mobile home park, assisted living facilities and memory care facilities. Um, Cell towers could be one, parking garages. There's many different niches in real estate and, and things that we're interested in. So we learn and acquire the skills. We partner with folks, you know, cash flow ninjas, as I call them. Um, operators that are absolute ninjas in that specific field and we invest for cash flow. And then the cash flow again is then returned to cash capture. So just to recap the three, three steps before I get to the fourth one, the cash creation, uh, we have to, we have to produce and create, and that's, we exchange value into the marketplace and we create money. Uh, and essentially that way uh, we capture cash capture and then cash flow creation. The fourth part is a, is basically it comes full circle. It's cash flow control. So it's not only controlling the flows of how money flows in and out of your own personal economy, but it's all the other things that protect the cash that you've created and the cash flow. So in this little segment, I would put in asset protection. I would put in estate planning and I would put in all the other levers of efficiency. Again, tax strategy plays heavily into that. But that's kind of the four levels and the uh, four pillars that I've identified of cash flow through studying for the last two decades, uh, these folks and interviewing amazing cash flow ninjas such as yourself. Five hundred interviews that you've done already in the last three years. That's incredible. Yeah, so we've just published, uh, well, we recorded about a month and a half out, but we're over 500, 500 interviews of Cashflow Ninjas. And how often do interviews come out on your show? Three times a week. We publish three times a week. And a lot of these things that I just mentioned, they all come into play. You know, you, you kind of identified and a lot of the folks are experts in these particular pillars. So, you know, cash flow is the, is the, is the central theme because, you know, as you know, Adam, money needs to keep moving in this new economy and circle around the economy um, as uh, that's the, the new rules of the game, right? Absolutely. Thank you for going into so much detail on cash creation, cash capture, cash flow creation, and then cash flow control, which is really a combination of different ways to asset protect to make sure that you're going to be safe. This is all really, really cool. Do you yourself have one of those whole life insurance policies that you uh, put the money in and then borrow against it? Yep. So that's, that's actually what we do with producers wealth. Uh, we, that we set up these policies. Um, you've 
your listeners might have heard of becoming your own banker, infinite yeah. banking, banking yourself and so forth. We specialize in those policies. I've used this for almost a decade. It's, it's been a phenomenal resource for me to where I warehouse my cash and, and makes me more efficient. So it also plays into, you know, the big t- ticking time bomb, which is the tax time bomb. If we look at the national debt and so forth. So, um, and what we've done in our blueprint and our system that we talk about quite a bit is, you know, we just copied and pasted what very successful investors and business owners have done. So um, that's one of the things that I've done through my career background in sports used to play a lot of rugby and I just studied what the best players were doing. Right. And kind of obsessively looked at all the different areas of their lives, whether it's strength and conditioning, whether it's diet, whether it's breaking down game film of how they run uh, lines and angles and plays and all that kind of stuff. I kind of took the same mindset over uh, onto the wealth, my wealth journey and looked at what wealthy and successful folks are doing. One thing, one way that I've heard other people state the bank on yourself, whole life, mm-hmm. universal, uh, you know, banking, you named so many names. The one that I didn't hear you say was super Roth. Have you ever heard that strategy called as super Roth before? I've heard uh, they call it the Wall Street Journal refer to it as the rich man's Roth or something like that. So yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've heard of it. And, you know, um, for international listeners or listeners outside of the US and Canada, I know you have listeners all over the place. And so have I too, you know, we always talk about the, the, the central principle there too, is the one of collateralizing assets, right? I rambled off a couple of others of them earlier, but you're essentially doing that um, I looked at all of them. I prefer this one just because of the guarantees that's there, the predictability, the safety out of the the, mar- the, the stock market, the f- financial markets in mutual insurance companies, and then also the ability of control of funding it and then borrowing against it and paying it back. You know, if you compare that, for instance, with like a HELOC, for example, you know, you can't control the, the um, equity that banks will allow you in your house, right? So, it just gives you a little bit more control and asset based lending was a big, big one where, you know, folks would um, investment banks would allow you to borrow money against your, your stock portfolio. Well, <laughs> anyone that's ever done that. And if they did it through the, the, you know, the last 20 years or so would have probably had some margin calls um, because of markets fluctuate, they go up, down and sideways. So that's why we kind of looked at, looked, looked at that. And that's why we've utilized that as part of an overall um, strategy within, within our systems. Awesome. One of the things that I have been thinking is as I, as I look at the QRPs that get, um, that get shared out all the time, people are like the, the qualified retirement plan is, you know, the, an ultimate way to be able to be put like 55K per year into this thing to tax shelter it and utilize a Roth if you can, because then it's you, you first pay the taxes and then you get it into this retirement vehicle. As I look at solo 401ks and self-directed IRAs and qualified retirement plans, and I look at this super Roth, I look at the vehicle that you're talking about, I've often thought to myself, if you really truly know how to use one of these super Roths, one of these, um, what is it, a life insurance policy, if you truly know how to use that, I would think 
that there's no reason to even look at a QRP or a solo K or a self-directed IRA. And I wanted to get your opinion because you are so familiar with your strategy. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. So if you already have money in a 401k or in an IRA or something like that, there could be, there could be a fit for it. If you don't, like I personally don't have any of the qualified retirement vehicles just because I don't like to, uh, I don't like the restrictions that it have uh, has. And I also don't like the fact that the rules can be changed at any given point in time with them. So it's still government plans, right? Which if there's a bill pass through Congress, you know, it, it could essentially change the nature of them. And who knows what could happen in the next, you know, a next potential financial crisis similar to 2008. So that's just my personal opinion. But I understand why folks use them and transfer them over. When I looked at the blueprint that a lot of successful investors used, and so forth, uh, you know, they don't have 401ks or IRAs and, and so forth. So this is more a vehicle that they use for that. So if you know how to utilize the and, and have these vehicles set up properly and know how to use them as part of an overall strategy, they could be very, very powerful and you don't have to postpone taxes, let's just say in, in like a 401k um, or a self-directed IRA. And even if there's a Roth IRA that you have, again, rules can be changed in them. So if you know how to use this as part of an overall strategy um, and uh, yeah, and you don't have them, I don't, you know, personally, my preference is not to, not to lose that part of control and have a little bit more control in this vehicle. Awesome information. Thank you for going into detail on that. At the end, I'm going to find out what's the best way to reach out to you. And if, uh, if setting these up is part of what you do, Maybe you should share a little bit about how you can help the listener to be able to get this taken care of. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm excited because when we get back, I'm going to find out what the most creative deal you've ever done is. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Rod Cleef, and I want to tell you I've got an incredible three-day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business and... Because 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code Adam Adams to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to rodinlosangeles.com and use the code Adam Adams. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there. So again, that code is Adam Adams at rodinlosangeles.com. We'll see you soon. All right, MC, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? Yeah, so there, there's been quite a couple. Here's here's something that I've been talking about quite a bit because it came up, but because there's a lot of folks with with outstanding debt still and certain debt, student debt might be one of them, right? So instead of paying off just student debt, like let's just say, let's just use $100,000 of student debt that you have or debt, right? Instead of just taking money and paying off that debt, think about think about the following scenario. What if you take fund Take that $100,000 of savings first, put it in a vehicle, like I just mentioned, the cash flow banking system, then leveraging that cash flow banking system to purchase and acquire an asset that then pays the debt down over the next five years. So that's, that's one of the deals that I've done personally with my, and, and eliminating some of my, some of my own debt. So just to recapture, instead of just paying debt, debt off completely. Think about it this way. Take the savings that you have, capture it, cash capture, collateralize that savings, 
to get a cash flow investment vehicle that then not only pays the debt off in a, in a, in a period of less than five years, but then also pays back the loan, the policy loan that you have collateralizing that asset. So your money at that stage, you know, in five years, let's just say the debt is paid off. What do you have? Well, you had money that was in a a cash flow banking system, an insurance policy growing tax-free predictably every year, and you've acquired an asset that's now going to keep paying cash flow for the rest of your life. Well, I'm going to need to ask you more about that when we get off. <laughs> this, is, this is really interesting. What is a book you recommend? Uh, there's, uh, there's quite a number, but I, you know, I, I studied uh, obsessively The Creature of Jekyll Island by Mr. G. Edward Griffin, just because I think that you know, we're in the business of investing and we're in the business of, of money and wealth creation. So we actually have to understand the medium of exchange. So I think that's a book that I would really recommend. Um, people study and read up on. It's a great read. It's a very thick book, so it's very scary in the beginning, but it reads very, very easily. And it's just going to give you a very good idea of how money works and how the global monetary system is put together. Take me back five years ago. This is one of my favorite questions, by the way. Take me back five years ago and explain your mindset and your financial situation five years ago. Yeah. So my mindset five years ago, I would say that I was still, I was, I have embraced abundance, abundance at that stage, but there was still the constant battle of scarcity and which scarcity won at that stage, right? And we still have it every day today. It's just now the abundance wins every day, just knocks out the scarcity. So, and, and, and by the way, I've spoken to very, very successful folks and they say this battle still happens every day to them too. But back then, five years ago, I think that the scarcity kept winning and that showed up in my finances and some of the deals that I did um, because I didn't embrace abundance fully. Um, there were still things that I did that was kind of, you know, a little bit nitpicky and that showed up in, on my balance sheets and my personal financial statement. So, you know, um, yeah, I was not where I wanted to be five years ago. And that was the main switch that turned it all around for me. And look at you now, where will you be five years from today? Five years from today. So um, I will be uh, with my family. We have our huge, our family goals of growing as a family together. But uh, my business is I just want to reach and touch more people through what we're doing. Um, we have an audience now in 180 countries. So hopefully it'll be 200 by then. Um, and just impact uh, folks and help them uh, to understand not only money better, but the whole holistic approach to wealth because it incorporates all the, all the different things. And, you know, that's one thing that I've also learned too. Wealth is not just about money and it's not just, you know, it's not just about being healthy too, because you can become healthy or be very, very healthy and have a lot of money and that's still not wealth. So it's about the relationships. It's about family. It's about living your legacy and it's, and it's about living in freedom today. And then also, you know, living, living your legacy. How do you give back? Yeah, so there's there's some charities that we support, but I think one of the biggest things that I that I do and that I've learned too is time, is giving time. So, you know, besides the the, the podcast, and so I you know barely t- turn down any speaking events that I can speak at. People that reach out to me, phone calls, um, you know, my door is always open. So I try to give as much as I can with my time, which as you know, you grow older, you understand that that's your, that's your most precious asset. So, um, but yeah, we do support charities as well of our, of our choice. But I think 
giving back time is, is, is one of the biggest ways that you can give back. And what is the single best way that the listener can find you and get a hold of you? Cashflowninja.com. Cashflowninja.com. I love it. That's the hub. Cashflowninja.com. It's easily spellable. MC, you've added a ton of value to the podcast, to the podcast listeners, and to me and my team. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Hey, it's Rod Cleef. I've got an incredible three-day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code Adam Adams to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to rodinlosangeles.com and use the code Adam Adams. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there.